You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show, the official podcast of HuskerHype.com. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hey guys, Justin here along with the Cousins, Derek and Tyler. Well, we uh, had a rain out here. We did not get to see Nebraska play Akron. Everybody was disappointed by the cancellation of the game. Uh, before I ask you guys uh, your thoughts, Tyler, should Nebraska try to schedule someone else here? I, I don't think so. I mean, I've, you, you've heard rumors from Liberty to rescheduling Akron to Iowa State. I, at the end of the day, I, unless we need this game to go to a bowl, which I hopefully will, will not be in that situation, it just isn't worth it. Um, I think you take this and you ride forward into the sunset. So you, even if it's championship week, playing a game, you're still against it? Uh, again, unless we need it to go to a bowl. Derek, do you agree with that? Not really. I actually love the Liberty conversation. Like Liberty plays New Mexico State twice this year for whatever reason. I don't know why they scheduled it that way. But they did. Uh, New Mexico State actually shares a bye with Akron, so they could pick up that game. And then we could play Liberty, and we could do a 83 scoring explosion celebration right before we kick their ass. I think it'd be kind of cool. But you wouldn't want to see it during a bye week, though. Our bye week, right? It would have to be our, during our bye week. And it's not ideal. Uh, but if Frost, No, but... But, but if Frost and... I mean, it's kind of the SEC bye week. I mean, you're playing a garbage team that you should destroy, and you could be able to play your second string through most of the game. Liberty beat Baylor last year, for what it's worth. Uh, Taylor was a shit show by that time. Well, they were. And God forbid, though, that someone, you know, Adrian Martinez, we talked about health at quarterback. What if he tweaks a hamstring running for an 80 yard touchdown? Like, I mean, any game. You can't can't not play because you're afraid the guy's going to get hurt. No, I get that. But I just, what do we gain besides us as the fans? What do we gain by another game? Yeah, especially where a bye week sits. You know, that's the bye week comes right before Ohio State, and I would rather have an extra week to prepare for Ohio State than preparing for a Liberty or whoever you name. I just don't want to see a bye week wasted. Well, you I, know, th- I think I think the problem with it is is the fact that it's going to have to be decided probably before the bye week. Obviously, even if it's in championship week, you're going to have to probably decide it before the bye week. You can't wait until a week before the bye week or a week before championship week and decide, oh, well, we're going to go ahead and play Akron. I think this has to be – it's got to be set up way before that. And and with all that being said, I I mean, if you have to schedule the bye week, I guess you have to schedule the bye week. I Again, I don't want to see that happen per se, but if you're going to do it, let's do it against somebody like Liberty. Yeah. Well, I- well can we just end the Iowa State talk? I mean, could that isn't that the, is that the dumbest idea in the world? Like the logistics of who's going to get that home revenue? Like Iowa State's a okay team in a Power Five. Like why would we do that? Like there is no reason to go down that road. No, not 
at all. I'll agree with that. I, yeah. The only way I want to see a game is if we're not playing in the Big Ten title game and, uh, you know, just get an extra game in there, get 12 games in there. Because, you know, it's it comes down to stats in some of these cases. You know, let's say Stanley Morgan, if that's going to keep him out of getting 1,000 yards, you know, let these guys get 12 games in. You know, they deserve it. They deserve 12 games, right? No, what does it? Are you really going to lose a shed of sleep if Stanley Morgan gets eleven games and has nine hundred and seventy-five yards? Are you really going to be like, well, you know, he didn't get that twelfth game? That's an injustice. Like, let let the kids like have it off, get it in the bowl game, be be fine with it. Like, I'm, why would like, you be opposed? Why are you opposed to playing a game on the conference championship weekend if you're not if you're not playing in the conference championship? I mean, it just makes that weekend more exciting as a Nebraska fan, right? Well, well, partially because I fly out for my wedding on that Sunday, and I probably am going to have a lot of stuff to do Saturday, and sitting around watching TV is not going to be one of them. Secondly, I want to watch conference. It's so selfish. Secondly, I I want to watch football, and I want to watch games that matter, and I don't want to be like, well, you know, the Big Ten Championship's on, but Nebraska versus Akron is also on. Like, it's... First off, those games aren't going to be scheduled for the same time. So I mean, like, it's, that's just not going to happen. The big okay, fine. The SEC happen. championship, the SEC championship. I would rather watch that than probably. I mean, hell, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't, but like, <laughs> I, I, I just, I like championship weekend. That's one of my favorite days of football is to get up from eleven to the end of the day and watch really quality football. Nebraska. I love Nebraska, but there have been a lot of times I've watched a lot of crappy Nebraska games, and I will watch every snap of them in spite of a much better game on TV. True, but if, so it, if it comes down to bowl eligibility, are you really willing to sit out the bowl? That, that was my caveat. That was my caveat. If it does come down to bowl eligibility, which none of us think it probably will, then no, yes. You're right. Of course, I would rather make a bowl game than my selfishness. All right. Well, what's what's been done has been done. We'll see how this rematch or you know a do over comes later on in the year. But the fact that we did not play in week one does this help or hurt Nebraska against Colorado, Derek? Uh, I, I could see sides for both of it. Uh, it probably hurts you more than it helps you, but at the same time, Colorado has no game film to go over. They have no clue what to prepare for. You can go back and look at UCF games. You can go back and look at Oregon to see what Scott Frost was calling there. But I don't, I don't think – I think Scott Frost is smart enough that he's not going to run the exact same thing here that he did there. And I don't think he ran the same exact thing at Central Florida that he ran at Oregon. Uh, he's a smart enough guy that he's going to change things up. And so I don't think – I think that is a plus for us. But obviously having – not have a game under our belt definitely hurts. I mean, you like to get some of the kinks worked out, and you didn't get a chance to do that. So now now you have to do it against a Power 5 team who's coming in riding high, who apparently hates Nebraska a lot more than I think Nebraska hates Colorado because there's a lot of articles out there about all – I mean, uh, Bill Matt, uh, McCartney is coming out saying that he'd rather be dead than wear red and – you got yeah. former players coming out saying they still won't wear red or drive red cars. And it, it just seems obvious to me that they hated us a lot more than we hated them. 
I remember growing up to this rivalry and thinking this was a big rivalry, but we always knew that the true rivalry was with Oklahoma. And right. I mean, look, we're 49-18 and 2 against against Colorado all time. I mean, the rivalry is not as bad as what we probably anticipated when we were in in the late 90s. But right. that being said, I, I I don't know. I mean, they're definitely pumped up for this game, but I think the Huskers are too. So I, we'll see what happens. Tyler, what do you think? I mean, not playing Akron, does that hinder Nebraska? You know, Der- Derek, I, I tend to agree that in a sense that I could see there's some kinks and stuff that not, but I disagree with you. I think this overwhelmingly is a positive thing for us. Okay, I think injuries were a concern. We have a lot of positions that depth is a serious issue. We are going to come into this game as healthy as can be. I think a second week of real practice for Adrian Martinez where he can develop and not have that Jebbia thing is a huge feather in his cap that could help eliminate mistakes. Um, and, and and you completely underestimated that what I think is the biggest factor, the unknown. They have not a damn clue what we are going to run. And not even offensively, I think defensively. Because I think offensively, you kind of understand what Scott Frost is about. I think that defensively, the, the players that we have here are so different than what that staff had at UCF. I don't think they have a clue what to expect defensively from us. Um, I, I really think this is a huge advantage for us going to Colorado. I, you know, you have a true freshman starting quarterback. You got youth at running back. I mean, game time would definitely help those guys. You know, just taste a little bit of game, I guess. Uh, there's a lot of youth on this team that I really wish that they would have probably had maybe a game to just taste the field before Colorado comes in. Uh, We're going to talk about Colorado more in depth here, but that's not exactly a starting game that you kind of want to see these guys get their feet wet in, in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, I think there's some youth at some key positions, but like overwhelmingly, offensive line, a lot of experience. Wide receivers, tons of experience. Yeah, quarterback, there's youth. And our third and fourth string running back, there's youth. You know, our third and fourth string corner, there's youth. But overwhelmingly, this isn't a young team. This Couldn't you say played. Greg Bell is youth? I mean, he hasn't played any Division One football. This is a, I, fair enough. I mean, if you want to count that. But I think if we're worried about his composure, then we probably have different issues on the season. I think if this game was in Colorado, if this was next year, then, then maybe this is a different equation taking this team on the road. But it's in Memorial Stadium. I think this team is going to be jacked. Um, I think this is an overwhelmingly positive experience. I mean, imagine the anticipation and excitement they're going to come out with. I mean, yeah, there are going to be some slop, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But I think Adrian Martinez getting that extra week of prep may eliminate some of his personal mistakes. Um, I think overwhelmingly this is going to be a really good thing for our team. I think I think overall though it, it, you can practice all you want, but until you get that game time situation and actually get some of those kinks out, I do think that makes a difference. And Tyler, you can disagree with it all you want, but there is a way different way different scenario playing in Hawks Championship Stadium over there and practicing, and then there is playing in Memorial Stadium with ninety thousand fans screaming. Uh, but I do think that the uh, the the crowd will be electric once again. 
And and, and, that, and that works to our advantage as well, but don't don't underestimate how much different practice is to a game. All right, I want to move on to Colorado, but first I, w- I really want to touch on the Big Ten struggles last weekend. You had Utah State and Michigan State uh, coming down the wire. Michigan State wins 38-31. You had Appalachian State taking Penn State into overtime. Penn State came out 45-38. And then you saw Michigan just completely suck against Notre Dame, falling 24-17. Now, each of you two had teams, two of these teams winning the East. Uh, Tyler, you had Penn State. Derek, you had Michigan State. Do you still stand by those picks of the uh, East champions, Derek? Absolutely. This is Michigan. This is Michigan State's uh, forte here. They start off slowly. They play piss poor in the, in the non-conference, and then when they come to the conference, they start playing better. So I, I'm not. I'm not going to judge them off of one game. It, it was a terrible game. I mean. Offensively, they weren't horrible, but defensively, they looked really bad against a mediocre Utah State team. I'll agree with that. I, I think I think as time goes on, they will they will keep improving week by week. Tyler, what do you think? So, well, for, first, did Derek just call uh, Utah State mediocre? Because I mean, Utah State is about the gum of my shoes. I mean, they're not really a powerhouse by any stretch, but um, it's one week. It's one week. Um, I'm not going to jump off the Penn State bandwagon because of one week. What I will say is this, Justin: the the Ohio State pick is looking good. Um, <laughs> I thought there, I I thought there would be some effects of Urban Meyer not being there. It doesn't look that way. Um, I, I I I was I, less concerned about where Penn State's going to finish, but more wondering what Ohio State's going to do to maybe take that spot. All right, so. Uh, the third team that we didn't mention, Michigan. So we play Michigan and Michigan State this year. After seeing what these two did this weekend, are you less worried about Nebraska's chances uh, playing those games now that you kind of saw that they, you know, there are kind of uh, soft spots in that armor? Derek? No, it doesn't change anything. I had Notre Dame beating Michigan to begin with. So this changes nothing for me. I. I could I, I seen Notre Dame coming in coming in beating Michigan and I Michigan's offense is not great. It, it they've proved it again this week. They're just not great. And getting Shea Patterson did not change it. There still needs to be offensive line fixes and they're just defensively they're pretty good. And they and they, and they will continue to get better as well. Uh does it does it change my aspect in Nebraska? I still think Nebraska can come in there and beat them because I think their offense is terrible. Tyler, what did you think? Well, I mean, I and I I, I had Nebraska losing to both Michigan State and Michigan, but I I saw those as both close games that we weren't going to win, and I still stand by that. I mean, Michigan, they were who we thought they were. Like nothing. <laughs> It, it, it's exactly what I expected to see from Michigan. I think their defense is overwhelmingly talented. Um, Notre Dame, watching that game, they needed a vertical passing attack to beat Michigan. I'm not convinced at this time that Nebraska has a vertical passing attack. Maybe we do. We haven't seen us play yet, but so this is subject to change. But until I see that, I'm not convinced. Um, We'll see what Shea Patterson does. I mean, we were just talking about how much one week matters. 
could he develop more? That's fine. But I think on the Michigan State note, I thought that was our better chance. I think Michigan State showed maybe there's not as good as everyone thinks. I still think that's a better shot for an upset being in Memorial Stadium. Um, we'll see what Michigan State looks like this week. Um, but I, I am, you know, that that was a team I had second in the Big Ten East. And I think that one after week one is my biggest change. I, I really question, um, are they the third best team? You know, how, how far is that gap from Ohio State, Penn State to Michigan State, which I think that could be a pretty big gap right now. All right, moving on to Colorado. Colorado, they just dumped Colorado State 45-13 to in Colorado's season opener. Colorado State, they seem to be getting thumped a little bit here lately. Uh, 2.30 game in Lincoln. Keep those, uh, keep the rain clouds away. Uh, we, don't want, uh, we don't want another, you know, whatever happened last week, we don't want that to happen again. Uh, let's talk into uh, this preview. Derek, what do you see out of this Colorado team? Yeah, well, first off, I want to kind of go back just a little bit to the Colorado-Colorado State game. I think a lot of people are buying into Colorado because they whooped up on Colorado State. Colorado State is bad. And some people were talking about how Colorado held Colorado State to like, uh, what was it, 103 yards rushing. That's fine and dandy, but Hawaii held uh, Colorado State to uh, 116 yards rushing. So their rushing attack just isn't good. Uh, their defense is absolutely atrocious. They've given up over 1,200 yards in in total offense in the last three, in the last two games. Uh, I'm not ready to buy too much into what Colorado whooping up on Colorado State. Uh, at the end of the game, it's still going to be a tough game for us. Yes, but let, let's not, let's not read too much into Colorado beating Colorado State because they're bad. All right, Tyler, what do you see out of this Colorado team? Well, you know, Derek kind of alluded to where I was going on this. You know, I, I've heard a lot of talk, and I heard talks today at practice about Colorado's offense coming into town. And, oh, they, they have a pretty scary offense. And, you know, all the media people are asking the defensive players and coaches about this. Let, let's take a step back and remember, this is a Colorado team that had returned four starters from last year. Uh, Steven Montez... You know, had had a really good game. You know, he he had he completed twenty two out twenty five passes, four TDs. But this is also a guy that had two to one TD touchdown the interception ratio last year. Um, I I didn't I didn't buy their offense coming into the year. I don't not change my mind on them. Uh, I think they're a little overhyped right now. Okay, you you brought up uh, Steven Montez and passing for eighty eight percent of his passes. Keep in mind that. Hawaii passed about twice as much and still and still uh, passed for 70%. This Colorado State defense is averaging 77% completion percentage. They're, it's just a bad defense. Yes, he had a great game, and I'm not going to take anything away from him for that, but it was against a terrible defense. Well, that was my point, Derek. Like, no, I, 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 don't, I'm, I'm I, I, I don't buy them. I, I, I think people are making a big deal of that. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't convince me. It, no, it just I, I doesn't. I, I'm, I'm just, just trying to explain. So. I'm just trying to explain yeah. to the fans not to read too much into Steven Montez having a good game against one of the worst defenses in the country. That's all I'm saying. I, I so, will say this, though. In, in the defense, I think there are some players on, you know, Colorado's defense I thought was going to be the better of the two units. And and I think they are going to be something that Nebraska has to look out for. Um, 
you know, they had a lot of players that I expected big things from this year that didn't show up against Colorado State. Uh, uh, Javi- uh, Javier Edwards, uh, Drew Lewis, uh, to name a couple of the guys, they both didn't really play that productive against uh, Colorado State. I, I expect them to have a little bit more impact Saturday. Um, so I do think Nebraska needs to be a lookout for their defense, as I think they are an okay unit. But at the end of the day, I, I, I'm not convinced that Colorado State has all of a sudden changed into a world beater. So keeping it with that defense there, middle linebacker Nate Landman, he had a great game against Colorado State. He had 16 tackles. He led the team, two tackles for loss, one quarterback hurry. Derek, what are some other uh, defensive players to be on the lookout for on this Colorado defense? I don't know. I didn't really look at their defense because I don't think that Colorado State's good enough to really equate to a big test for them. I, I read more right. into their offense, I guess. I'm sorry. Right, well, we'll, so, we'll, go ahead. I'll, I'll think. So, so I mentioned Drew Lewis. So Drew Lewis last year had 94 tackles, um, you know, three of which were tackle loss. He was their leading tackler last year. Um, the guy, I think, had one tackle um, against Colorado State. I, I, get, I think this is a guy who – if you're just watching that game, is going to come in a little bit under the radar. Um, you know, Colorado has returning their top three tacklers from last year. Um, their linebackers have good experience. I mean, I, I again, I don't know how talented they are, but they they are returning some production. Uh, and Colorado State is, to Derek's point, not a good team. Um, so I don't want to read too much into one guy having a, a game, but yeah, I mean, I think they have some players we need to be on the lookout for. What about offensive playmakers, Derek? All right. So so one guy that I think everybody's sleeping on, really, is uh, Trayvon McMillan. The guy had 10 carries and averaged and had 103 yards. He averaged 10.3 yards per carry. They also had four wide receivers with touchdowns. Uh, two of the wide receivers, uh, LaVisca Chenault, I'm, I'm probably butchering his name, I'm sorry, had 11 receptions for 211 yards. And then uh, KD Nixon had six receptions with uh, averaging 18.7 yards per carry. Both of them guys had touchdowns. They had a couple other guys that had touchdowns that really only had one or two receptions. So uh, our secondary is going to get tested, guys. Uh, these guys are quick. They're tall. And they can catch the ball. I mean, don't, don't think that just because uh, – Steven Montez was 22 of 25. Man, he was that great of a quarterback. Those those receivers helped bail him out quite a bit in that game. So with, with the numbers that you just proposed right there, Derek, uh, with LaVisca Chenault, 11 catches, and Katie Nixon with six catches, that's 17. Steven, Manol, or Steven uh, Montez, he only com- uh, completed 22 passes. So 17 of 22 went to those two guys. It sounds like it's just like a two-deep race there at wide receiver. Uh, maybe I'm just kind of oversimplifying that, but those two guys, they had great games. If you can shut those guys down, I mean, obviously they're the biggest targets, they're biggest playmakers, but you said about Colorado State, their defense, so we'll kind of see there. Uh, Tyler, is there anybody else that you want to add there on the offense? No, I mean, I think Derek hit the guys. Um I, I think at the end of the day, you know, there, there's, it's going to come back down to can we get pressure and really screw with Montez? Um, last year, he was not good under pressure. Um, Colorado State didn't rush him, didn't get to him at all. Uh, Montez is a guy that 
I think if you give him a time, the guy has 18 starts or so coming to Lincoln. You know, he's going to be comfortable. But if we get to him early with that crowd noise, I think we could disrupt them. Um, they're going to put a couple points on the board. But I, I just I think it, it, their offense has been overstated completely. Well, where do, where does Colorado have an advantage over us? Are there matchups that give them an advantage? Uh, positions. I mean, what what could they do well that could upset Nebraska, Tyler? I mean, if Colorado wants to upset Nebraska, I think it's not so much what they offer because I am not convinced that their team's that good. I think it has to do with does Adrian Martinez really struggle to throw the ball? Um, I I am not a hundred percent convinced that Nebraska um, is going to have a ton of success throwing the ball. And if they are in a position to throw and Adrian Martinez isn't what we hope he is, that could be a struggle. But at the end of the day, guys, I I really don't see that happening unless there is a collapse by Nebraska. So, Derek, is there anything about this Colorado team that scares you? Absolutely. I I completely disagree with you, Tyler. I, I think those two wide receivers we just got done talking about, could potentially be big mismatches for our secondary. I, just because the coaches are coming out saying the secondary looks great in practice, I'm not convinced they're going to be great in, in games. And especially not playing in a game for over a year, or, or I mean, not over a year, but I mean, since the end of last year, and they looked terrible all of last year, I'm not convinced that they've just completely overhauled that secondary yet. I would like to have seen them in a game before I'm willing to admit that. Yeah, I kind of wanted to add that in there uh, earlier about, you know, how uh, if if this game hurts Nebraska. And I wanted to mention, I want to throw in there about our secondary. I wanted to see our secondary get some experience, you know, get get them some challenges in non-practice situations. Because I think that'll be essential. Because I do think that they will be tested this game. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I, I'm not saying Colorado is the worst offense we're going to face all year. I just... Maybe the second worst offense we're going to face all year. Like I again, to call me when Michigan we go to Michigan. Uh, I'll, I'll see how our secondary holds up there. I know Shea Patterson struggled. I get that, but I I don't. I think Troy is going to be a better indication. I think honestly Akron would have been a better side. I don't see Colorado's wide receivers being that good. I'm, I, I I'm just put, not I a believer. Disagree. First off. Michigan is a way worse offense, I think, than Colorado at this point. Uh, Offensive line, maybe, but and, I, and, and then you want to talk. I mean, you got Illinois. I mean, there's there, there's a lot of different offenses out there. I think are going to struggle a lot more than Colorado. Colorado, I think they're going to have a good offensive year. Is their defense is going to struggle just like last year? Okay, I'm going to make a bold prediction. Colorado will not score more points for the rest of the year in any game than they did against Colorado State. That was the best you will see them look, period, this whole season. Well, I can't wait to see you wrong on that one because I think that's going to happen. Maybe not against Nebraska, but they'll do it against somebody. You think you think they're going to put up 50-some points at some point in the season? Yeah, I do. Yeah. We, we'll make a friendly wager on that, Derek, because I, I don't in the see Pac-12. That. Nobody plays defense in the Pac-12. Come on. No, and and and, all, and last year Colorado didn't play any offense, so um, I'm not convinced. Four returning starters and a big victory against Colorado State makes me believe they're a powerhouse. I just well, I don't, I I don't, don't buy it. Powerhouse either, but I don't think you can completely discount their offense. They they run a fast tempo offense that's gonna 
when they get the kinks out, is going to tend to score some points. Tyler, just to add here, uh, Colorado had three games last year where they scored over 40 points a game. Scored 41 against Northern Colorado, uh, 44 against California, and 42 in a loss against Arizona. And they scored 45 against Colorado State. Not one of those games. And they had four returning starters. Their offense is worse than it probably was last year. I'm not buying it's it. Showing up pretty good. But okay. So let, let's flip this around. And maybe I guess I can probably, you know, deduct what your answer is going to be. What is Nebraska going to do well against Colorado? Tyler. I think we're going to have some success running the ball. You know, I've been talking a lot about their offense, how I I don't see them as a threat. And it's not that I don't think they're going to put up a couple points. It's just I don't – I heard. I think people are thinking they're going to put up 35 points on us, and I don't see that. I think we're going to have success running the ball. I think Asia Martinez and this offensive scheme is going to really come in there and move the ball on the ground really well. Derek, what do you see Nebraska doing really well against Colorado? Well, I actually agree with Tyler on this. Uh I, I, there's a lot of people talking about Colorado, and I know I already said this, but Colorado, everybody's talking about Colorado stopping Colorado State to 103 rushing yards, and that's the best their defense looked. But Colorado State's de- uh, their running game is just terrible, I think. And Nebraska, I think, will run the ball well on them. And I think that is going to be probably the deciding factor. I think you're also going to see some screen plays that will probably uh, throw Colorado a little off. Uh, offensively, I, I, I Really, truly believe that our wide receivers are going to be a huge mismatch for their secondary, more so than their than their wide receivers for our secondary. So I, I think offensively overall, I think we will be better than Colorado. All right, Tyler, put a put maybe a different way. What do you really want to see Nebraska do in this game against Colorado? Yeah, I mean, I. I, I am very optimistic going into this game that our secondary is going to match up well. Um, but, you know, I put I put in a lot of... Uh, I'm signing checks, which we have yet to prove that they could cash. Um, I think they're going to do well. I, I do have confidence in them. But CN is believing, and I do want to see the secondary go out there and see how they match up against an offense that is apparently, to you guys, is the best offense college football has ever seen. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Talk about going overboard. I mean, come on. I, I don't think they're the best offense in the country, but I, but I, I think you're discounting their offense. Like I think they're better than what you're giving them credit for. Yeah, I mean, the greatest show on turf. It's amazing what they can do. So, yeah. so what what would be good to you, Tyler? I mean, what you know, like if they had less Hold than under, X amount of yards. yards, under two hundred yards passing. Yeah, I think that that's a realistic number. Um, you know, I, I again, I, I think you look at what they did last year. I think that's probably a number that I would like to see as hold them under. So that that would be how I'd measure success. Okay, Derek, I, I would. I'm kind of the opposite of Tyler. Like if you're if you're talking that, I would rather see us stop them on the run. Like I would see like to see like under 150 yards rushing by far. Like maybe even under, under 100 yards rushing. I'd like to see that. I think if you can force them into passing, I think you can force them into making mistakes. Okay. What else do you guys want to add here for uh, this preview? I, I think I think the question to me, and I alluded to this earlier, is what does Adrian Martinez look like throwing the ball? Um, 
I expect him to be dynamite running. I think he's going to be mistake-free having that extra week of practice. But at the end of the day, are we going to see this guy complete 65 70% of his passes, or is he going to be a 50% completion? Are we going to see him hit any balls longer than 20 yards, or is he going to be pretty much under that? That's what I really want to see. I think and it'll be, it be a mixture of both. I think you'll see him complete some passes over 50, over 20 yards, but he's probably going to be closer to that 50 to 55% completion percentage. Uh, but but his running ability is going to just tear up Oklahoma's – or, uh, sorry, Colorado's defense. I didn't mean to give him that kind of credit. Uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, I, I still think we're better than Colorado. And I, I, I do think that Adrian Martinez is still going to make some freshman mistakes, especially in game one against this big quote-unquote rivalry that Nebraska has seemed to have forgotten. All right. Well, uh, we're certainly excited to finally see Nebraska play. Let's hope uh, there's no storms in Lincoln that could screw up another weekend for us. So what do you guys say that we bring in HuskerHype.com's new contributor, Patrick, on to do some score predictions? And now we bring in Patrick. Hey, Patrick, how's it going? It's going pretty well. How are you guys doing? Uh, another fantastic week. Hey, what are your thoughts on the cancellation last w- this past weekend? Well, uh, I have to say that I was waiting in anticipation for uh, the game. The tunnel walk was uh, goosebump raising. Uh, the kickoff was legendary. And uh, even the guy coming out on the field saying uh, everyone needs to clear off the field was pretty exciting. Um, but I have, but, but uh, to pretty much sum it up, I, I kept my emotions in check for the most part because my nephew had come over uh, to watch the game with us, and he's an impressionable 15-year-old. But eventually, after they decided to cancel the game, I went out to the car, decided to drive him home. And as I got in the car, I just sat there and I said, well, shit. And those are my pretty much my true feelings about the cancellation. I can, I can imagine it was just like the movie The Whole Nine Yards, where you just go out to the car and just bang your head on the steering wheel a few times and call it a day. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, he he took that in stride. He's pretty much used to all my eccentric behavior, so. (laughs) All right, you ready to make some picks? Let's do it, baby. All right. Tyler, go ahead. Well, I want to give the recap from last week. Oh, yes, Uh, please do. Well, Justin, you don't want that. So, uh, (laughs) unfortunately, uh, you and I both went one and four last week. Ouch, it was tough. But uh, congrats to Derek and AJ for coming on and representing the guests well. And they both went three and two. So, uh, yeah, that, that was not the best first week of action. So, well, let's see if we can uh, get some numbers back here this time, uh, Tyler. All right. First game goes to you, Tyler. Penn State minus nine at Pitt. You know, a lot of people are going to make a lot of things about the Penn State game last week. And, you know, while Penn State definitely did have their best performance, um, the defense did not give up a touchdown to the fourth quarter. Granted, they went the shit after that. But overall, I think their defense is good. I like what they think. Plus, you have the revenge factor for the last time Penn State went there. Um, I think Penn State wins and they win pretty comfortably. Derek? I disagree. Uh 
I, I am picking Penn State to win, yes. But I think they struggle in this game again. That defense, I they did not look good against Appalachian State. I think Pittsburgh's a way better team than Appalachian State. I think they struggle in this game. I wouldn't be overly surprised if, Appala- or if uh, Pitt found a way to win this game, but I wasn't quite gutsy enough to call that. So I'm going to stick with Penn State, but I think it's a close game. Patrick. I'm going with Penn State. It's a quasi-rivalry kind of game, and I'm sure Penn State wants to you know, silence the doubters. So I think it'll be a struggle, but uh, Penn State pulls it out. McSworley's a hell of a quarterback. He'll show it in this game. Yeah, I have Penn State as well. Uh, Pitt, they don't have the offense nearly like uh, Appalachian State had. So, Derek, USC at Stanford, minus four and a half. Oh, I think this game came down to defense to me. Uh, USC gave up 21 points to UNLV. Uh, Stanford, I, they played lowly old uh, San Diego, or not state, not lowly, but they played San Diego State, who's got a pretty damn good offense, and they only gave up 10 points to them. Uh, USC's got that true freshman who probably should still be in high school. I think they get to him, and I think they cause some mistakes with there, and I think Stanford pulls out a pretty big win here. Patrick? Uh, Bryce Love had 24 yards uh, last game. Uh, he'll step up uh, against the Trojans. It'll be a battle, um, but it is in Palo Alto. So hopefully if some fans show up, um, I think Cardinal will pull it out. Uh, Cardinals showed they can win without Bryce Love, so that's a definite benefit for the Cardinals. So, Stanford. Tyler. I'm not so sure Bryce Love shows up. He had 1.8 yards per carry last week. That's pathetic against San Diego State. USC is much better. And, Derek, you talk about JT Daniels. The kid completed over 60% of his passes with no interceptions. That's not a bad thing. I like USC to go on the road and win this game. Wow. Yeah, you know what, Tyler? Stanford, they couldn't run the ball last week. Uh, Where the hell is Bryce Love there? Uh, USC, they showed that they couldn't stop the run against UNLV. They gave up 308 yards. Something's got to give, but I think this is ripe for USC to come into Stanford and and upset them. So I got USC. Damn it, Justin. Uh, That means means everybody should probably bet on Stanford on that. (laughs) Go Card! Uh, We got this, Tyler. We got this. All right. All right, Patrick, it's your turn now. Michigan State minus seven at Arizona State. You know, I think uh, Michigan State really, they've got some glaring, uh, (laughs) glaring weaknesses that might be easily exploited down the line. But we'll save that for coming attractions. As far as Arizona State, Gotta hand it to Herm. I mean, Herm Edwards, man. Who would have thought? But that was in a for a debut uh, for an NFL coach going to the college ranks. I mean, that was pretty impressive. But D'Antonio's got the uh, experience. He's got the edge, and uh, he's got Sparty. So go Sparty, Tyler. Yeah, I, I kind of feel about this game the way that Derek felt about Penn State. I, I could see Arizona State upsetting them. Um, you know, Utah State shredded Michigan State last week with 319 yards, and Arizona State has a much better passing attack. Um, screw what they did last week with 237 yards. Uh, Manny Wilkins returns with 3,200 yards and their top six receivers. Arizona State can move the ball in the air. Um 
But much like Derek, I, I just I can't quite give up on the Big Ten yet. I think Michigan State pulls out a victory, but this is going to be a close one. Derek? I'll agree with you. I think it's a close one. At the end of the day, I still think Michigan State's a better team with better talent and better coaching. I'm not sold on Herm Edwards because of one game. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But it, it could very well come down to a very last possession kind of game. Uh, but I, I think Michigan State still pulls it out. Yeah, I agree. I, I I like Michigan State here. What we saw last week will not be the Michigan State we see this week. Uh, I think they'll give it to Arizona State. All right, Tyler, back to you. Clemson minus 13 at Texas A&M. Who do you have? You know, on a neutral field, I think Clemson's a much better team. Uh, College Station's a hard place to play. Um, and last week was a weird game for Clemson. Um you know, Ter- Trevor Lawrence looked a lot better than Kelly Bryant. Is there a quarterback controversy? I don't know. Um, another, I think this is the game of the week. I think this is going to come down to the wire. But I think Clemson is just too good to lose to AM. Derek, you said it. Going to Kyle Field's a tough place to play. Uh, Clemson doesn't, I mean, they played both quarterbacks. It was kind of a blowout. I get why they played both quarterbacks. Uh, but. Travion Williams had 20 carries for 240 yards, averaging 12 yards a carry, and three touchdowns for A&M. I think A&M finds a way to beat Clemson at home. If this, you're right. If this is on neutral field, I'm going Clemson probably 10 times out of 10. But at Kyle Field, I think, I think A&M finds a way to do it. Thanks for that, Derek. Uh, Patrick, who do you have? Derek, you have no shame. I love it. Um. Look, I know it's Kyle Field, and I know that there's the Jimbo factor, but it's still Clemson, and Clemson is still fated to meet the tide at the end of the year, so I'm going for the Tigers. Yeah, I got Clemson all the way here. Uh, Derek, that's a pretty bold pick, and uh, hopefully I'll appreciate that pick next week. Derek, we're going to stick with you here. Iowa State at Iowa. Iowa's favored by three and a half. We don't know what to expect out of Iowa State since uh, their game got canceled as well. Uh, <laughs> this is a tough game. I think. I think. I think. I think it'll be a close game. I. I think Iowa State is a better team than we've known in the past, especially after last year. And I think uh, Matt Campbell is a good coach. But going into Kinnick Stadium, trying to beat Iowa, that's tough to do for any team. I just don't know if Iowa State's got the athletes to do it. So, I'll, I think Iowa probably wins. It'll be a close game, though. Patrick. In-state rivalry, and these guys always seem to put up a good show. So uh, this is this is probably going to be a really good game. But it is in Kinnick Field, and Iowa has really <laughs> kind of solidified themselves as a, I would say, a pretty definite, not a high-profile powerhouse, but certainly a team to pay attention to in the Big Ten. And they've got the edge in this one, so I'm going for the Hawkeyes. Sorry, Tyler. Tyler. I, I, I highly vote that we never do another Iowa prediction, uh, especially one that I think they're going to win because it makes me say something nice about them. Um, I'll just leave it at this. Derek, you're right. I have no idea what to expect from Iowa State. I did not think they were going to be very good. Um, now you're opening up on the road. Last week, Iowa was out without both of their tackles and still won fairly comfortably. I, I don't think this is even a close game. I think Iowa wins uh, by a blowout. Well, last year, this was an overtime uh, game. 
Iowa won in overtime. Matt Campbell, he's a great coach. You know, last year he put his name out there as one of the biggest upcoming coaches. Uh, they went eight and five last year, and Iowa State hadn't done anything. I think Matt Campbell is a great coach. They returned uh, running back David Montgomery. He had almost 1,200 yards last year. And Iowa last week, they did not look good offensively. They looked piss poor offensively. I think this is one of those games where Iowa State can use that to their advantage and outpoint Iowa. So I got Iowa State. All right, here it is. Colorado at Nebraska. Today, Nebraska's favored by five. Tyler. You know, last week I talked about what I thought the offense was going to do. I thought it was going to come out slow, um, not the greatest. I think it's the same thing this week. But, you know, I kind of talked about this earlier. I, I think Nebraska is a better team. I think Nebraska wins 33-20. to 33-20. Derek. I don't know if our defense is enough to hold them to 20. I Colorado did show some flashes of really good offense last week, and I, it was against lowly old Colorado State, who has been obviously has no defense. Apparently, they put kindergartners on the field. Uh, so I, I think I think this not, maybe not be a shootout, but I have uh, Nebraska winning forty two to thirty five. That's a lot of points, Patrick. Yeah, right. Well, I would have picked Nebraska 35-21 if we would have played Akron. But bottom line is, while everyone else is out of the starting gate, we are still stuck in it. So this is definitely true for Colorado. Colorado's already got one game under their belt. It was against Colorado State, granted. But it's still experience. And that old adage, heaven forfend if it comes true, but I think it might, is that by is that they will improve week two from week one. Nebraska's behind the eight ball. There's no doubt about it. Having said that, I think Nebraska does pull it out. I think it's going to be an ugly win, but I think we're going to be able to pull it out, and it's going to be 35-28. And for the rest, if you guys, if any of you readers are interested, you can go to huskerhype.com for more updates. Nice. Yes. Patrick will have his prediction on this uh, by Thursday, so check that out. Now, as for me, I did a little science when I did my score prediction for this game here. Uh, the last time we faced Colorado as Nebraska in 2010, we won 45 to 17. Scott Frost, the last time he faced Colorado in 1997, Nebraska won 27 to 24. So I just kind of averaged that out to make Nebraska win 35 to 21 in this game. And that is science. So. <laughs> All right, Patrick. Let's hear it for science. <laughs> yeah. All right, Patrick. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we'll be looking for all of your stuff out there on HuskerHype. Yeah, for all you interested, uh, if you want to reach me, my uh, email is Patrick at HuskerHype.com, and I'm also available on Twitter at HuskerHype1. All right, nice. All right, Patrick, take it easy. Enjoy the game this weekend. Live long and Husker, fellas, and go Big Red. Go Big Red! All right, now it's time for our Let It Ride segment. This is the segment where we plan on betting one single game, taking the winnings, and doubling down week after week after week after week after winning. At the end of the year, we're going to donate half that money to charity. Still to be determined at this point, so give us some feedback 
listeners, if you have a charity that you think we should donate to, we'll do it. Uh, and the other half is going to go to us to pay for podcast fees and uh, all the stuff that goes into podcasting because it's not free. Uh, last week, we made a mistake. We picked Miami over LSU. LSU whooped the hell out of Miami. Uh, so big regret there. So can't believe we bought into the Miami hype. Uh, Tyler. I told you guys. I told you guys. Uh, yeah, you told us after the game. Uh, Derek, what did you think about that game? How disappointed were you in Miami? It was it was it was a miserable miserable game to watch if you if you were if you were rooting for Miami, which Nebraska fans very rarely do. But in this particular situation, I was rooting for Miami. It was disappointing. Yeah. Uh, you definitely wanted to start. We did. We definitely wanted to start this thing off a little bit better than what we did. Well, this week here, you know, it, it was tough to come to an agreement here because the the games are out of whack, and maybe it's just because we got burned last week. Uh, with Miami, but this week we're going to ride that Colorado State hate train that Derek's been uh, driving. So we're going to take Arkansas minus 13 at Colorado State. Tyler, thoughts on this game? You know, I, I spent about 15 minutes talking about how bad Colorado State sucks, um, and, I, and I agree. I think they're a terrible team. The question to me is, is Arkansas good? Um, we'll we'll see what they offer. Um you know, I think this is a game that I feel pretty confident in that Arkansas is going to be be able to beat them. But guys, I, I'm not convinced Arkansas is a even a bowl team. I'm just that convinced Colorado State's a really bad team. Derek, tell our listeners why we think why we think that Arkansas is a good pick over Colorado State. Briefly, Colorado State has no defense. I'm telling you, they're putting kindergartners out there. I'm not joking about that. Like. Their defense is terrible. They've given up 1,200 yards in two games. I, I, I understand that Arkansas is probably not the best team in the world, but at the same time, it's still an SEC team against this against probably one of the worst Mountain West teams out there right now. So there's no reason to believe that they can't cover 13 points. Okay, so we're locking it in. Uh, $3 bet to win 273 here. And so. We are now locked in. So let's go Arkansas. All right, guys. Now it's time for last call segment. We made it through an entire episode. Uh, last call to you, Tyler. So some uh, recruiting news. Uh, today, Nebraska signed a new commit, uh, Dedrick Mills. Uh, he is the number one Juco, Juco running back. Um, he was a former commit of Georgia Tech. Um, He's been referred to as a Ninja Turtle-like body. Don't know what to do with that information, but um, don't know much about the kid. Um, but I think you look at next year with us losing guys like Will Bond and Zigbo, he could be a guy that could play some depth uh, running back. Uh, so I think that's definitely something we would like to see for next year. I've seen some girls with Ninja Turtle bodies. I don't think they could play running back, though. Derek, <laughs> what do you think? what do you think of there? Uh, th- th- this worries me a little bit on the Wandell Robinson situation where I was really hoping to get him after this game, especially with the game environment, and then it didn't end up happening. And so, I, so it kind of makes me wonder if maybe he's out, and that's why we picked up this Juco. Uh, 
Running running back's not my biggest concern in this recruiting class. It's great that we got somebody, but at the end of the day, it whatever. It is what it is. All right. Uh, Derek Ross called to you. All right. So Nebraska has brought out some yellow jerseys on defense, which according to Charlie McBride was brought out to be on the second string defense when this whole thing originally started. Uh, apparently it's already starting to motivate some of the defenders that are wearing it. All of them are wearing it, that, except for the scout team. And it's motivating them that they want to get out of these ugly-ass yellow shirts and get into some black shirts. So if it helps, I guess. Nebraska fans, I've seen you on Twitter kind of complaining about this. This is an old tradition that's being brought back. So quit complaining and shut up and let it be what it is. Do you think this is kind of like the, that uh, the old video, Blind Melon, No Rain? I mean, are these people <laughs> going to be out there like the, the little ugly chick out there with uh, all I can say? Okay, anyway, I won't sing. Uh, Tyler. Do you know why Nebraska fans are pissed off? Do you want to know why the players are pissed off? Because they're, they're being made to dress like Iowa. Like Ooh. I mean, that, that that is a burn. If you ever want to be motivated to succeed, go wear a Hawkeye jersey. I mean, God, <laughs> to get out of there. I mean, that's why Iowa does okay. Is because all of their players are like, God, if I don't play well, I may have to live here the rest of my life. That is the ultimate punishment for anyone. That's what the coaches are trying to instill: is the fear of having to live in Iowa. Okay, full disclosure here, guys. Before you heard this article or this news today, did you know that our second team defense wore yellow jerseys under Charlie McBride before? Derek? No, I did not. This is news. Tyler, no? Okay. So it's news to everybody. Okay. I I don't feel so bad then. I I, I was like, like, how how did I not know this? So... It's, he, it's must got dis- he must have got a discount on some yellow jerseys, too, because uh, it's, yeah. it's, that's the old adage. He got a discount on some black shirts, so they, yellow jerseys count- must have been a little bit more expensive. They, 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 call the killer, they call them the killer bees, so go killer bees, kick ass, and try and get a black shirt. Yeah. All right, last call to me. Uh, we t- kind of talked about the Big Ten struggles a little bit earlier in the episode, but what we didn't talk about was Maryland. Uh, so my last call goes out to Maryland, defeating Texas two years in a row. Every year we hear rumors of Texas coming to the Big Ten. You know what? They're not ready for big boy football yet. They can sleep in the mess that they made in the Big 12. Lay down, Texas. Lay down. Tyler? I, I Shame on me. I kind of bought into Texas this year. Um, Tom Herman? I mean, he's kind of in that Jim Harbaugh list of overhyped coaches right now because the kid, the guy has not warranted any of this hype or praise. Uh, disappointment by Texas. See what they rebound this next couple weeks to see what they do. It's funny you bring that up because I was watching ESPN today, and I know how much we love ESPN, and they're, they're putting three coaches on a hot seat that only one of them to me is on the hot seat was Jim Harbaugh. And uh, Tom Herman and Willie Taggart. After one yeah. game, they had Willie Taggart on the hot seat. Like, no way. Come on. I, 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 at the end of the day, Jim Harbaugh is probably the only one on a hot seat in that scenario. But, yeah, losing to Maryland two years in a row, 
definitely does not help your case, Tom Herman. Like, you better pick your game up because you're like a Kansas loss from getting fired. <laughs> hey, do you guys think that Tom Herman being brought up and the Zach Smith scandal being his uh, partner to the strip club, do you think that might have been a distraction for the team, for him or the team or anything? No way. His wife knew about it. So he says. And did you see Ohio State play? Like, let's look at what distractions really look like. Look, at, Did you see Maryland play? Talk about distractions. Tom yeah. Herman yeah. going to a strip club, okay. throwing a few dollar bills is not the same well, as if what those schools went through. You know, if he's been sleeping on the couch all week long, you know, maybe his back is stiff and he can't get a good night's sleep. I don't know. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see how Texas pans out. Something uh, was stiff at that strip club. I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh, wow. Let's get out of here on that one. Thanks, Tyler, for that one. Hey, Thanks to Patrick for coming on and throwing out some guest picks. We'll see how he does. Be sure to look at Patrick's articles on HuskerHype.com. He'll have them coming. All right, be sure to follow the HuskerCast on Twitter, at HuskerCuzCast. Like us on Facebook. Look for our episodes on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and HuskerHype.com. All feedback is welcome. Let us know how you like the show. Help us out and share the episode. Get our show out there. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. And as always, go Big Red. Go Big Red.